everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about finally eliminating screen problems in their home. This is Melanie Hempy, and I am so glad you are joining us today. If you are one of our regular listeners, welcome back. And if you are a new friend, we are so glad you found us. You are no longer alone in this journey of navigating screens in your home. And it is a complicated journey sometimes. You have found your people and we have your back. And as you already know, our mission at ScreenStrong is to prevent and reverse childhood screen dependency and addiction. And we are going to help you do this. Um, The first way that we do this is through our educational programs around the science behind why kids are so prone to screen addiction in the first place. And I know personally from going through all of this in, in our life with our kids that it was not until I got educated around the science that things started to really make sense because everything ahead of that was just some kind of weird parenting opinions and cultural myths. And I'm like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. But as soon as I started getting the science, I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense around, you know, the science around child development and brain science and the chemicals that are released and all with screen activity. So that's why the first thing we do over here is educate you the best way we can and the most simple way we can with the science. And, you know, we have our courses for parents. We have our courses for students And I can't stress enough enough the importance of getting that education because without the facts, you will have a very weak foundation when it comes to making good screen decisions. The facts give you the power to be confident and bold and sometimes do the hard things that we need to do that are good for our kids. But the second way that we help you and the way that we fulfill our mission over here at Screen Strong to prevent and reverse childhood screen addiction is to provide you with a community because we know that just the facts alone aren't going to help you. You have to have a community of like-minded people that help you along the way. And these podcasts actually are a very big, important part of our community because you can tell your friends, hey, listen to podcast number XYZ. You need to hear this so we can talk about this. It gives you the language and sort of the background and just the platform to help you build this community. And the other community pieces that we have are the connect group and the connect plus community and are on our website. And that is the perfect way to bring you into the um, community of people. Like I said, that are like-minded where you can ask questions, you can get your, um, you know, answers to questions from some of the physicians we have in there So the community piece is super important. And part of building community is sharing stories of families who have traveled this path. And really this transparency is uh, is really what sets Screen Strong apart. You know, we have the facts, we have the medical stuff, but then we also have this really clear transparency (laughs) around sharing hey, this is how this really works. You know, the boots on the ground sort of um, stories from people that have been through this journey. And, you know, y'all have heard a lot of stories from me and things that have happened in our home. And I'm thrilled to share our personal story a lot, you know, on this podcast. But today, I get this huge, distinct pleasure of sharing someone else's story with you. And so we're going to hear today from a mom who's going to be really transparent and share how their screen strong journey or how their journey with all these screens has kind of come along. So I just want you to know that if you have a story to share, if you want to share your story, please reach out to us because we want to hear from you too. So today I am joined by Christina Rom, a mom who is very bold and unafraid <laughs> to step out and share just how they have managed to navigate the uh, Screen Strong journey in their home. So, Christina, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Melanie. It's a, a pleasure to be here and to uh, speak with you today, that's for sure. Yeah, I well, look, thank you in advance, right? I just want to say how important these stories are and 
I'm just so thrilled for you and all the other parents that want to come on here and just say, hey, this is what we figured out. This is what it looks like. And so for younger parents and parents who are just stepping into the ring <laughs> on this on this screen strong battle sometime that we're in, your story is going to be just what they need to give them that extra bit of confidence and clarity. So let's just get started. So why don't you just, just, just jump in and start sharing kind of, if you can remember kind of back, you know, how, um, how did the screen strong journey, um, how, how did you step into the arena <laughs> with, yep. with the screen journey in your house? No, most definitely. I, I think it, it has been just that it has been a journey. It has definitely not been perfect by any stretch. Um, as that is what parenting, I guess, is. It is uh, not perfection in any sure. way, shape, or form. But it's a, a process to of adapting and changing, um, both as parents as well as um, our kids, based on what uh, presents itself, I guess, um, at the time. And that is definitely what our journey with screens in our home has been. I love that you just said this, this adapting idea in change. And you know, change is so hard for people. I mean, me included, it's, it's hard for everybody. <laughs> but I love that you just brought that up because this is an issue that has been so, so strong and so volatile. And we have to be willing to pivot. And as, as parents, I'm sure, and we see this with other things, right? When you start doing something a certain way and you realize that it's not working, you have to change your game plan. I think getting away from the you know, internal shame around that too, that maybe because you maybe you didn't have the information before, but you do now and being willing to pivot and say, well, I have new information and this is the direction we're going to go from there. Um, I think that really is critical and to, to not be afraid of that, I guess, and still be willing to embrace that journey. Oh, it's the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest it thing is. to pivot. It is. <laughs> so I was thinking about this and Part of my, my journey, too, has been in talking with um, other moms, of course, and thinking back to just before the school year started uh, in August, I have three children, and they had had some friends over that they hadn't seen in a really long time. And I had the rare treat, as I like to say, to be able to sit and chat with the other mom for 20 minutes or so before we needed to be going in our, our own directions. Um, all our kids are the same age, so they're kind of paired up, which is kind of nice. We have 15-year-olds um, that are sophomores in high school, 12-year-old seventh graders, and 10-year-old fifth graders. And amidst the conversation, somehow it turned to cell phones. And when were we going to give cell phones, smartphones really, um, to our kids? And what did that look like? Well, it turns out that um, she has already given her children uh, smartphones. And her primary justification was um, her kids are all very heavily involved in sports with practices that are really early in the morning or extremely late at night across town. And so for her, she felt cell phones were really needed in the name of safety, to be honest, yeah. um, that her kids could get a hold of her at, at any time because she was dropping off here, there and everywhere. And what she learned eventually, it happened to be with her, her eldest daughter, is that, um, of course, she was chatting. Her daughter was in different group chats with friends. And it ended up turning into something that was much more than just a harmless um, get-together chat like most adults would really have. And her texts were really turning into sexting for the most part. Mm. She ended up finding graphic images of male genitalia splattered all over the group yeah. texts. Yeah. And after being caught, her, her daughter lamented, but mom, it was the other kids that sent it. It wasn't me. Why do I have to be punished? This isn't fair. I wasn't sending the pictures. And, you know, I had no control over it. It just, you know, it came up. Somebody else did it. And so this smartphone, this group text, ended up turning into a gateway of things that were very undesired and very unsolicited. But her daughter had absolutely no control over it and what yeah. was being received. Yeah, you know, we just did a podcast about that, about group text. And gosh, 
you know, Christina, this is just one of those things that you think you got all figured out. And then this happens. And then this happens. And, you know, the amount of time to, you know, with kids today and these group chats and heaven forbid if they're on, on social media, the amount of information per se that is transpiring, I mean, attempting to keep up with that as a parent, I think there there is a point of, of no return where you really can't. No. And I think this mom, my friend, found herself in this position and really had to step back and say, oh my gosh, how in the world did this happen? She's an on top of it mom. I respect her tremendously. But yet this did happen. Mm-hmm. And I was really struck with uh, just conversations about smart devices and such about, well, me too, because similar things have happened, I guess, with my own kids in, in my family mm-hmm. um, as well. That it, it resonated and it made me realize, no, this is a bigger issue and I don't need to feel isolated and alone either in how I was feeling about it. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. you know, for me taking a step back, devices before kids, I guess, I was pretty sure, you know, I had this parenting thing figured out. (laughs) Um, Managing these devices, I mean, it just can't be that difficult. I'm going to be on top of it. I'm going to be reading and supervising. I'm going to be able to keep it uh, under control. And for parents where these types of things were happening, they were getting sexts per se. Well, it's because the parents weren't in control. They weren't paying attention They weren't in touch with their own kids, but that wasn't going to be me. So um, Mm -hmm. very judgmental. Sure. (laughs) I can freely admit that. And it's where I was where I was at. The other thing that I think added a complicating factor to this as well with my, I guess, benevolent attitude uh, towards this is I'm a Gen Xer through and through. And they like to say Gen X was the last generation raised without any devices. And so this was not part of my realm of what kids have growing up. And that's why, too, it felt very manageable to me because it wasn't part of my growing up uh, experience. Devices just weren't a part of it. Yeah. And what we didn't what you didn't know exactly, you just assumed would never happen. I mean, exactly. Exactly. Right. So if it wasn't something, you know, that had definitely been part of my experience, well, why in the world would it be part of my kids experience then? I'll be, you know, on top of it and keeping track of it. And it's just kind of a a non-issue, I guess. So when I look back at my oldest son, I mentioned who's, who's 15, especially when he was young and we're doing the well child checks and what have you with the doctors, you know, at the time doctors were then still inquiring about, well, just how much TV time are they, you know, how much TV are they watching? Mm -hmm. Um, It just so happens we don't have cable in our home. And so the only TV we have is what, what comes over the air. When my son was little, I confess, I would prop him up sometimes for 20 minutes in the morning to sit and watch baby Einstein so that I could try and get some things done around the house and pull myself together. And sometimes I struggled with, you know, is this really okay? Um, it's only 20 minutes. Yeah, he's in front of a screen, but what could it hurt? You know, the images were slow moving. It wasn't rapid flickers. It couldn't be hurting his eyes, much less his brain. And I justified, right. nope, it, it's it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, that was the thing to do. Yeah, it was. It was. And it was kind of a introduction, I guess, to where is this potentially going to go? Fast forwarding five years, screens per had a very different role in, in my um, house that was very life-changing. Uh, my daughter was adopted from China and screens and a smartphone literally was the first way that my daughter met her her dad and her brother and her extended family. And it really brought us together for the first time, thousands of miles away. So screens literally helped create our family. Five months after I brought my daughter home, though, I had a newborn who refused to gain weight. He was deemed a failure to thrive. Um, I had two new kids added to the family in in less than six months. I had a new kindergartner who was emerging with neurodivergence issues. I was incredibly spent. I was exhausted and flat out. um, I was struggling and I needed time for me. And one of the things that I ended up doing while nursing my, my infant was I turned to my phone and I thought, what difference does it make? And I was scrolling while he was nursing and I told myself, I'm not hurting anyone and the baby doesn't know. And I'm sure this is okay. I'm, I'm not hurting anybody. 
that's kind of how things, I guess, initially got started. Everything seemed very simple and innocent, uh, per se, with screens. As the kids all moved, started moving into elementary school, my husband and I decided to purchase tablet-like devices uh, for the kids for Christmas, some off-brand, you know, something that they could have, but it was going to be for educational reasons and for them to have a little bit of fun to help them, you know, put the apps on there for the early math concepts, doing the letter and sound matching. And of course, I was going to be monitoring it and keeping it in check. Um, They didn't have access to the World Wide Web. And it was better that, you know, they had this exposure early with me monitoring. And again, it was in the name of education. So it had to be okay, or so I said. That process, though, of course, we're just continuing to to somewhat build, then switched to, at the time, my kids were in public schools, and the screens were being incorporated in the classroom and at home at a rather alarming rate. Screens were used as rewards for when kids had good behavior, if they had been struggling with something, and if there was free time in the classroom, it was used as an activity filler. The screens were handed out to the kids. All of us know COVID, of course, took screens to a whole new unparalleled level with very little thought about the impact and whether or not these were, in fact, the best tools for educating our young minds. And of course, devices morphed into what I would call a beast that could not be controlled. Wi-Fi hotspots were required for school with the implication that um, that availability was available all of the time in the home, thanks to mobile hotspots. And all of the learning, of course, all of the assignments, all of the everything was on a screen. I had one kiddo who could not do anything independently for school during COVID and needed me 100% of the time to accomplish any schoolwork. And the ramifications of that was I had two other kids on their own doing school or whatever else out on the great World Wide Web. And there were tantrums. There were complete meltdowns when devices were taken away at the end of the school day. There was extreme lamenting and begging and pleading for just one more minute so I can finish whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, The But I didn't have my fun time, Mom. I was doing school. You know, I need my fun time on the device. Okay, you can have 10 minutes a day. And I set a timer. And 10 minutes turned into 20 minutes and sometimes an hour. And then the physical wrestling, trying to get the device even out of their hands. It was just growing and morphing right in front of my eyes. And when I finally realized uh, that, hey, I think we might have a problem there, to be honest, I think we were already at um, a point of no return. And it started to get really scary really, really fast. It's like you start something that you can't control. Like you, it starts off, like you just described so beautifully, it starts off so simple and so easy. And it's like, yeah, I'm confident. I've got this, I've got this under Mm -hmm. control. And then it's, it's like, you just start down that hill and it's like, oh my gosh, I can't turn back. It's like when you get on the roller coaster and you can't get off. Exactly. And you have to wait until that ride comes to a complete stop. Or like I say, I'm a Minnesotan and we have snow for the first time here today. When you're going down that hill sledding and suddenly you've picked up so much momentum and you see that tree in front of you, but you know, uh, I'm probably headed for a crash. And that's pretty much what we were doing with, with screens I was, for example, on my personal phone, my kids became masters at figuring out what my password was, uh, what my lock screen codes were and swipe patterns. I had to change them so often that I one time, in fact, even forgot what it was. And I ended up getting locked out of my own phone and losing over six months of pictures with holidays and family vacations uh, because I had to do a complete factory reset. I was crushed. I started discovering late night messaging and texting with friends during the wee hours of the morning. My kids were waking up tired and grumpy due to the lack of sleep. And I'm trying to figure out what in the heck is going on? Why? Why are they so overtired? 
we were purchasing lock boxes for all the devices wow. um, for in the evenings with actual keys. And it was devastating to me that my kids were stealing the keys, taking the devices and replacing the keys without me even knowing. Mm-hmm. The lying and the deception and the manipulation were starting to become commonplace and uncontrollable. And I hate to say I didn't even really recognize my own kids And then I think the thing that was probably most devastating for me is when I found out that pornography had arrived Mm -hmm. and learning that your child uh, is searching for naked girls on Google. Mm -hmm. I, I was totally not prepared. I mean, that is not me, not my kid, not my home, but then to have it right there in my face that it was my kid. I just really can't put into words that how, devastating really is the only word for it that that was for me. And then finally, I think the relationships within the family between the five of us were really deteriorating and they were spiraling epically really out of control. The verbal abuse and negativity and how we interacted with one another was becoming commonplace and really almost a preferred mode of communication. Physical altercations weren't far behind between the kids I had truly lost all control within my own house. And I felt as though the inmates were really officially running the asylum, but the asylum's warden, the screens, definitely they weren't doing anything there to help. And I think you reach a a bottom, you bottom out and you really don't have any idea how to fix it. You sit and there's probably some blame going on with myself. How did we get here? How did a kid of mine have porn in my own home? What kind of parent even was I? More importantly, how did I miss this? Where were the signs? Was I not paying attention? And all the answers were no, it was happening right in front of me. And my kids were turning into, I use the analogy, maybe a little extreme, but it's how it felt, that my kids were like junkies, really looking for their next hit. And their drug of choice was screens. And the frustrating part within greater society is that screens are completely legal. They're completely accepted by society and they're deemed completely harmless. But yet at the same time, I was saying, why suddenly did everything really not say or not feel like it was okay? And it kind of happens slow like that. Like it's not an overnight thing exactly. So that's why you felt the way you felt so powerless. Yes. Happened suddenly overnight. It's like, wait a minute. What just happened? Yesterday we were here and it's easier to to react, but when it's so slow, the way you're describing it, that is the problem. Universally, that's the problem. It is. And this is something that happened over months. Um, And within, I would say it was about a year, year and a half. Then I finally said enough is enough. It's all got to go. We decided to go through what I call uh, detox. Um, It's getting rid of all the devices. And it really was detox, especially for my kids. It looked a little bit different um, in our home compared to most, but it was still detox nonetheless. We do have a 30-day detox on our site for those of y'all listening, if you want to kind of get some instructions around how to pull this off. Because just like you just said, I love that you just, said that you felt like your kids were junkies. That is very common that, that because what's happening in their brain is exactly what happens when they are having, you know, the stimulation of the screens is the same as a drug. It is exactly mm-hmm. once you can understand that, then you don't feel like your kids are bad people, right? This is just what, what's happening. And it, it's going to happen because just like if you open the medicine cabinet and hand started handing out narcotics, the same kind of thing would happen. So I just wanted to add, yeah, that we have this 30 day detox for parents. If you're listening and you want to figure out how to do that. Um, So what, so what kind of happened with you then at that point? Well, we decided, well, some of them, there was no deciding, I guess, required. For example, starting with those tablets that we had bought. 
fortunately or unfortunately, I guess fortunately, uh, they ended up breaking from being dropped one too many times and probably not having screen protectors that were adequate. And so there was just no replacing those. That one was easy per se. Um, we went through confiscating all the old cell phones and computers and we locked them and hid them in the house in the depths of our basement where, quite frankly, nobody goes. And to be honest, I don't even know where my husband ended up hiding them. Um, we had to go a, do a deep dive, though, in each of the kids' bedrooms, wow. looking literally through every nook and cranny between mattresses on their beds, looking for not only the, the devices, but also the power cords and the outlet ports and yeah. all of the things. Because it's not just the device. They will find, like I mentioned, you know, old cell phones that were two versions ago. And they will find ways to get them charged up and hooked up to the World Wide Web. They yeah. will find a way. It's uh, actually, I was flabbergasted and completely blown away um, by what I found in their bedrooms that they were making these old devices actually work. Just very sad to see that my kids, what they would go through to to hide and sneak just to have a device in their hands and to keep this addiction per se going. My oldest son, though, in the interim, he had moved to a therapeutic boarding school in Wyoming for eight months. And there, there were no devices, no Wi-Fi, no anything um, electronic. So in some regards, um, I kind of lucked out not having to weather through detox with him as his addiction was probably one of the worst with the vices that he had. And my two younger ones made it through detox. We did what I call just cold turkey. And yeah. we quit one day and it was over. And everything literally got better with each and every single day. There was so much moaning and gnashing of teeth and begging and why, why, why? And it seemed endless. And, oh, they made so many promises that, Mom, I, I'll just get off after 10 minutes when the timer goes off. I'll, I'll give it up. I'll, I'll give it back to you. And yeah. they promised and promised. And, well, I said, no, we were we were done. And I persevered. And we did kick the habit. And so now, looking back, I can say the first week was definitely the worst but I can also say that with each day without the devices, everything got exponentially better with each day as well. And so when I look back on our home now for the before and after, we've got a lot of changes in our house, needless to say. The biggest one being the constant negotiating and arguing over devices is done, over. It is virtually no more. Do they still talk about devices? Do they still want them? Yes. But the conversations are so brief. You know, we don't do that here in our house. No, you're not going to have a smartphone. And I'll think about a flip phone. And that's really the height of the conversation. And then they're off and, and on their way. The irritability and the lack of decent social interactions within the um, family started to decline and got way better. Meltdowns started to decrease. We started having real conversations with one another again, and they learned how to communicate instead of just grunting or shoulder flicking at each other or having irritable quips back and forth. It's just started decreasing and started to look much more civilized. They also quit being bored they started playing with stuff and creating towns and cities that still cover my floors with crazy elaborate stories to match. We have a lot of space where we live outdoors and there's woods and such. And the kids have built more forts with logs and sticks and buckets and blankets strewn all over in the woods. And it's absolutely fantastic. They can disappear for hours outside building and creating with their stories. And then, of course, there's Legos. I mean, enough said there and my poor feet, right? Mm. But anyway, pornography was out the door finally. See you later. The filth was eradicated. And I couldn't, of course, be more pleased with that. Looking at my, my high schooler especially, because I think it has been most difficult for him, 
unfortunately, I think at his particular school, he probably is the only kid without a smartphone. I've had to reach out to two of his teachers to confirm the school year that he doesn't have a phone and what accommodations could be made for him for submitting daily schoolwork. His teachers are at his school, they used kind of like a uh, shoe organizer that maybe you would put over the door, a door. And when the kids come in in the morning, they drop their phone in a pre-assigned slot. And empty slots then indicate to the teacher either the student is missing or absent or they're not turning over their device at the beginning of class. So my son was marked tardy and absent many times and received detention referrals from nearly all of his teachers the first three weeks of school because he didn't have a phone to turn in at the beginning of class until we finally got it through to all the teachers that, nope, he doesn't have a phone. But it was really inconceivable to the teachers he didn't have a phone, and it was assumed he was lying. And I had to get involved to tell the teachers uh, because, again, it was so inconceivable. Right now, my kids, though, what they do have are MP3 players that are for music only. There are no social media apps on them, no gaming. It really only has uh, devices for listening to books, podcasts, and music. There is a web browser, but again, there is no Wi-Fi access for them to connect to it in our home, and it is completely manageable and controlled, for which I am greatly relieved. The only place that gets a little tricky is in restaurants and public places. Those are our danger zones because they may have access to free Wi-Fi. And to be honest, my youngest one, he's got the most difficult time. It's always a temptation for there for him, and his little brain just is not strong enough to resist the kryptonite of the World Wide Web and, and a device. And ironically, about six weeks ago, there were some disconcerting behaviors, I guess, at school that seemed to be stemming from possibly the Internet and YouTube access. So when I found that out, I, of course, came to his rescue and helped him misplace and lose his MP3 player. <laughs> So he still doesn't know where that is and doesn't know when he'll be getting it back. Quite frankly, the behaviors then, of course, disappeared once again. So there's really no need for Google and YouTube in his little life as he knows it. And he's back off doing what he should be doing and there's no sneaking. But there are still times when we take steps backwards, but it's okay. We get on board and we resume going forward again. When I really take a big step back and, you know, what have I learned from this whole process of being, oh, this is something manageable to, oh, I can control what my kids are going to have and keep it in check to, oh, my goodness, this was a disaster and we ended up in a place that I never wanted to be. What have I learned? I've learned that screens are not benevolent, fun playthings for kids. In my opinion, they're simply addictive. Those devices and apps and games and social media, all of it, they are specifically designed, and I know that you've spoken about this on ScreenStrong, the people that are designing these things are doing it to feed on that dopamine, feel-good hormone center in our brains. It's specifically designed that way. And our kids developing brains, or my kids, they can't regulate it. They, it's literally a physical can't. And I like to say we wouldn't give an addict his or her drug of choice because they can't moderate it. So why would we give our kids their drug of choice? So I've said no. I've learned that going cold turkey for our family was the way to go and the way to detox. Quite frankly, I wouldn't waste time with the gradual slow weaning. I just would stop the cycle. You're exactly right. I, I can't agree with you more. After almost 10 years of dealing with this with families, you're very wise in coming to that understanding at, at this stage of the game. I'll just say that. You're a very wise person. <laughs> so. it's um, And I guess part of it is too, you know, selfishly, I'd rather get through it and get to the better place faster, <laughs> yes. I hate to say so I think dealing with that, you know, those is that first week, you know, um, dealing with that, that's probably the hardest, but I would rather get it over with in a week um, and get moving on to a healthier and better place. And I do think that happens. It, it got us to a better place faster. 
I know it's not being selfish. It's it's the best gift for your child because you don't want them to go through that gradual pain. You just want to get it over with, get it over with. switch and say, okay. And then of course, as a parent, you have to be ready to fill that time back, fill it with things that, you know, um, we can't just take everything away and then say, okay, now what are you going to do? We have to help them along until they get to the point where they're being creative and all that. And I think ScreenStrong has been really um, good with that, too, and provided resources for how do you fill that time and what does this look like? What are the alternatives to do in place of? And, you know, what are you going to do for helping with, well, I feel bored, mom, because that's what you're going to hear. There's nothing to do, mom. But that goes away and you don't hear that anymore. I mean, I, no, that- I don't. And, yeah. But we have to help them remember how to play and how, how to, play. to create. Yeah. And we have to make it fresh and new. So, for example, in the beginning, what about, you know, new craft supplies for them, new games, doing special outings, letting the kids pick the meals for that first week, you know, have cake for breakfast, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Just doing fun things to show that life is fun and yeah. fun just doesn't come in the form of a screen. And don't you feel like so much more. They don't you feel kind of like I say a lot how we lost our kids to this Mars planet somewhere and then we got them back, you know, and the yes. history is kind of hard, but mm-hmm. it doesn't take long. It's like a little jet lag, a little re-entry problems. But exactly used to being in a whole nother environment, you know. So of course there's gonna be some adjusting, but you got to do it. You just got to. Exactly. Yeah. So you got your kids back. So exactly. And and that's, you can't put a a price on that. And as a mom, feeling like I have them back is unbelievable. The the other thing that we struggled with a lot too, that I alluded to earlier was just the, how much screens interfere with real relationships. We don't need to have a device to have a relationship. We have a relationship. It's not through the device. It's directly with someone. Two of my kiddos are um, neurodivergent, one with uh, autism and the other with ADHD. And there's a lot of support groups that I'm a part of and uh, different social media groups, I will admit, um, for parents with these types of kids. And in a lot of those arenas out there, they're like, well, it's okay to use the device to to calm them down. You know, that's just what a lot of people in this arena do. And I guess, you know, it really made me take a step back. You know, is this the best thing to do? These devices are helping keep them calm. But, you know, what happens when they want it all the time? What happens when you take it away? Um, what happens if we're stimulating areas of their brain that don't need more stimulation, which is pretty much what the screens are doing. They're further compounding the issues that their brains are already having, especially with autism and struggles with social communication and nonverbal communication. I mean, that is virtually screens are completely taking that opportunity away from my kid to be able to practice and develop and refine those skills. And I believe if we had kept going with screens, I think it would have had an even more catastrophic effect on him for his long-term future and success. So very difficult. I think one of the other big things that I hear a lot of from other parents is, well, the kids have to have exposure so that they know how to do this for when they're an adult. And I (laughs) struggle with that. Um, because I'm not sure that, you know, learning their typing skills, which typing skills is probably a stretch, um, Google searching or apps that if they weren't refined as a kid, that really they're going to have an issue as an adult. We all know when you hand a kid a device, they have that figured out before you can even blink. So I struggle with that type of justification. I say, sorry, but no. I've also learned that the wait until eight ideology is definitely not right for our, our family. My oldest son has already moved past eighth grade and my daughter is coming right up on it. And to be honest, right now, 
for my kids, the last thing they need is a device and a screen to help muddle through puberty and body image issues and social and peer pressure. Yes, The device is just not going to help any of those things. And in fact, it's only going to exacerbate and make them feel worse about themselves yes. in a realm and a societal thing where comparison and filters are masking what really is real out there. And when their little adolescent brains are really forming who they're going to be as an adult from their likes and dislikes and personality and disposition, demeanor, their hobbies and interests and all the things, a device really has no place in that development whatsoever. I don't see a place for it. No, you're right. You're exactly, you nailed it. Yeah. So I think the other thing, kind of back to my oldest son, too, that that I've thought about as well, is that um, him being the only one without a smartphone device um, is character building. It is. And it's incredibly hard. And it really has bolstered his ability to stand on his own and not succumb to peer pressure And to be honest, I think that needs to be part of our growth and development, too, as kids. Sometimes we need to stand alone or at least feel that way because, one, it's the right thing to do and it's hard and it's lonely. But that's part of of growing up and part of life as well um, as adults. And as an adult, it's the same thing. I'm one of the few in my circles that is saying, nope, we're not doing this. And the looks and the conversations, you know, too, from other parents on, oh, well, she's one of them. You know, it's good for me to be able to stand, uh, be alone as well on that. Don't you feel, though, though, like you'll never go back because you because of what you've experienced and you're so articulate. I love it. The way you described your journey that it's like, yeah, people can make fun and they can poke fun and you can just sit back and be like, well, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> I already know. That's how I feel too. Yeah, that comfort that comes from having been on a journey, from having a before and after. Yeah. Um, and a little bit myself, just my type of personality. I guess I'm okay sitting with that comfort in the knowledge that I feel like I'm doing the right thing right. for my kids. And that is... I'm very mama bear in that regard. And so there's a, that, that, that too um, is definitely priceless. All the research and the scientific information that is out there, which ScreenStrong has been just unbelievable at making that accessible from all the different um, ways that screens can uh, affect our Mm -hmm. kid. All that information, there is not one single piece of information out there that supports a positive impact for screens with our kids, not one. And that for me is what resonates. It may be difficult. It may not be what society is mainstreaming right now, but knowing that uh, intellectually and cognitively, there isn't anything out there saying this is good or that our kids are missing out. That really helps me. Mm. And I think the last thing as far as the, what have I learned which actually just happened a couple of weeks ago, is that eventually, and I know you can speak to this, especially with some of the podcasts that you've shared with your own children, the kids will understand what yes. we're doing and that the struggle is worthwhile. My daughter had a couple of little friends over at our home a couple of weeks ago, and I should put it out there. I'm really bad at setting up play dates. I'm just that mom. I'm, I just, quite frankly, I suck at it. Okay. So my kids know that. It's like, mom, that's yeah. mom's fail. Yeah. But I actually set one of these play dates up and my daughter came to me because she knew it was a big deal that mom actually got the play date set up and, yeah. and what have you. And, you know, it was a day or two later and she brought up, Hey mom, she said, I really hate to say this. She said, but she said the play date really wasn't that great. And I said, what? Why? You know, and she was very timid because she knew, oh, mom finally did it. Yeah. And she didn't want to, you know, crush my bubble. And it broke, kind of broke my heart. But again, she she gets it. She said, mom, the girls didn't want to do anything. She said, they just wanted to sit downstairs and look at their phones. And she said, that's boring. She said, I wanted to do something and play outside. 
And at that moment, I, it was too bad. And my heart kind of broke for her. But at the same time, I was so proud because my daughter sees it and she gets it. Does it make it easy? No, but she can see what the difference, what the difference is. And there was no more bigger reassurance, I guess, for me that the struggle for this um, has been incredibly worthwhile. So, and, and worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she'll see it and she'll continue to see it. And then there'll be sort of this, you know, fork in the road where she will, you know, keep seeing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it won't be like, Oh mom, I wish you had given me a phone. The older she gets, the more appreciative she will be. And you may have to start planning some play dates where you just say to all the other girls, here's a basket, put your phone in here at the door and we're going to go do X, Y, or Z and kind of have something for them to do. Cause those screen kids are not going to really know how to do that. Exactly. Yeah. And going through detox for say over a play date. Yeah. That's, and that's one thing where, there's my journey where I can still continue, you know, yeah, uh, because I have not done that, I guess. Oh, we all point. need help with that. And that's why we have the connect group and the connect plus group. And we all get in there and talk about ideas and stuff to do. So we've got your back and we're going to, we're going to keep helping you there. So I think, I guess the one other thing that I would put out there too, you know, I feel as though I've somewhat thrown my kids under the bus here um, plenty, but this process also, it forces you because if your kids are, you know, late elementary school, definitely middle school and beyond, um, they're going to be calling you out on your screen habits too. And my yeah. kids did. And it forced me to really take a step back and re-examine things too. Because if we think that we can't get sucked into this addiction vortex, I think we're sadly yeah. mistaken. I know I've sat and scrolled for hours I've suffered from what a FOMO, you know, looking at my social media feed and spring breaks when people are sitting on warm spring beaches and I'm stuck in still frozen Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I think I've suffered from the Facebook induced depression, looking at all these other happy families with happy posts and why isn't my family like that? Yeah. I've snapped at my kids for interrupting me while on my phone. And so I've really taken a step back um, as well. Um, I haven't posted on social media in over three years. I feel proud to say I can forget my phone at home or while on vacation and just be more than fine. And I have never allowed my kids to interrupt me anymore with my phone. If I am working on something, I put the dumb thing down when I'm talking to them. And we do have 100% device-free zones um, in our home. I think I just... I I want parents to know that, you know, from my perspective, you're not alone. It is a real struggle, not only for parents, but um, of course, the kids too. Um, I don't live with regrets, though, over the journey or the path that we took with screens. And I think I made the best decisions at the time with the information I had for my kids. But to how we kind of started this conversation, it's okay to abort mission and take a different course (laughs) of direction with new information. And, you know, maybe it's something I just tell myself so I can rest at night. I don't know. I guess that's for other people to judge, but that's how I feel about it and kind of how we, how we got to where we are today. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. And your story is so encouraging. I feel like everybody needs to, you know, figure out where their on-ramp is and, you know, how are they going to get to the point where they're finally going to have the courage to pull the plug, literally. And we appreciate your story so much because, oh my goodness, I could relate to everything you were saying and I know that you get it. And then look what you did. That was amazing. It was just Mm -hmm. an amazing story. We have a lot of people listening that are probably wishing they were you right now. So what can you say? I always love to sort of wrap up with, well, first of all, I just want to thank you for sharing your story and um, oh my goodness. I, I'm just, um, I'm just kind of 
sitting in this wonderful stunned zone. <laughs> like I'm stunned. I'm like, oh my gosh, you did such a great job sharing the details because that's what we tend to forget. And if you are out there right now starting your detox, please keep a journal. Yeah, I tell parents mm-hmm. all the time, write down the things that you're experiencing because you might forget them or you might not, you might, whatever, but just write down so you can figure out your story and you, you can tell your story again to other people. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for remembering all those details. It is so life like giving, right. To help other people get their kids back. If people are listening today, um, Christina, that are like right where you were way back before you did your detox, what, Words of encouragement, can you offer them specifically? And then I want to have you do one more thing. I'm putting you on the spot. But what words of encouragement for those people who are just getting started? I guess in in retrospect, um, me looking at my journey, I think it felt as though, you know, when we were getting to the point of, oh, do we need to do something? I think in my mind, I created and made it into a much bigger decision than it needed to be. And I think that was a hurdle for me to get up and over. And so I would encourage parents, if you're thinking that way, oh, that it's going to be too much. It's just too big. It's not. And you're probably already there. Just start when you get home. You know, we're done with these devices. Um, It'll be a great topic of conversation over the dinner table. And you can, you know, start right then or tomorrow morning when you wake up, but don't let it be such an all consuming, such a big decision to make. It's just a decision and just make it and, and move on. I guess that would be my, my words of advice instead of letting it continue to fester and build into something bigger potentially than it actually is. This for the most part is an easy decision I think for parents to make. So Oh, listen, take those easy ones when you can get them. Yeah, take yeah. This is clear. I mean, there's no debating on that. The screens have to go right. So mm-hmm. the, the, the toxic screens have to go. And I love that you said that because I say all the time to parents: smile and be happy. Like you don't make this the thing that drags your whole family down, or that you're the mean guy. You know, that's making this decision. And I had a coach tell me this once years and years ago when one of the kids was having a struggle with something in a sport and they just said, no, no, do not get on their roller coaster. You smile and you be happy. And you say, this is the way it's going to go. And you go make some cupcakes and everybody's going to be fine. (laughs) And I, that's exactly what I did. And our kids really glom off of our internal vibe that we're setting off. So if we're making it like, Oh, sorry, sweetie, but your whole world is going to come crashing down and you're going to hate me forever. Well, then they probably will. And that probably will happen. But if Mm -hmm. you just say, Hey, we, we've got to regroup here. We're in a losing season and we got a new game plan and this is what it is. And it starts tomorrow Mm -hmm. and we're going to do X, Y, Z instead. And your attitude, I think is what makes the, the whole thing work or not work, right? A hundred percent. Yes. You got to get your, your, your spouse on board and your grandparents on board. And we talk about that in, in our parent course, we have a kids brains and screens for parents and we have a new kids brains and screens for students, which by the way, your middle school kids, Christina would probably really love doing that because <laughs> so mm-hmm. they can get their language set and understand, you know, how to talk to their friends about it and all of that. So that is wonderful encouragement. Finally, what is your encouragement to the parents like you who have already made the decision to be, you know, screen strong? So, but their kids are hovering around that sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and now they're going to get, you know, their second dose of you know, arguments, you know, from their kids as they approach middle school. I love that you have that so resolved in your, your mind. So how can you offer some little bit of encouragement for the parent who's thinking, well, it's really been okay. We haven't had phones yet. And, you know, they're not addicted to video games. And now I think they're ready. What would you say if they were entering eighth grade? I, I guess I would say, um, to be honest, it's, um, it's just a different point in life, but I think it's still very reminiscent of, you know, what it looked like earlier when my kids were younger. I think it's a very slippery slope. Um, 
I think the, I was lucky and that we did not have significant gaming issues um, in, in our home. So, I mean, that wasn't uh, as much of a draw. It was more the, the YouTube, unfortunately, the porn sure. Um, sure. It, and such. But to me, it feels like just a, a, a very slippery slope that, and especially with, you know, as I mentioned, two of my kids being neurodivergent, um, that adds a complicating factor for me that um, I don't, I, I don't trust it, to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. And um, with what we've already been through, I'm not, um, and other complicating things in life, we all have them. I'm just not willing to add that complicating factor potentially back into my life of having to yeah. redeal and re-resolve this again. Um, wow. so no, we will continue in our home, uh, definitely with no smartphones, or as I have started to you know, tell my older ones, I won't be providing um, those types of devices at, at my expense. Um, so, and uh, my kids don't work. And so financially, it's it's just not an option. Um, we talk about the finances, you know, it's not just getting the device that because you can find a cheap one used somewhere, but then, you know, the plans and, and, and what have you. Um, but I am seriously, you know, thinking about more like a gab phone, which I know screens strong endorses um, so that they have something that they can reach out and communicate with, but um, that I don't have to worry about the reintroduction of the group texts and other things that they just, like I said, my kids, my kids, I guess, just don't need it. Um, They have enough with getting their schoolwork done and being focused there. They're involved in sports and then what we do together as a family, to be honest, that consumes pretty much all of the time. And um, I'm running around like a crazy person, to be honest, anyway. And my husband would probably say we're overbooked as it is. So there just really isn't, I guess, a, a place for it. And I'm not willing to go back. Um, and I still just don't, I don't see the the need for it. And I guess the older they get, the more resolute I've become that there is no need yeah. for it. Well, we didn't give our kids gap phones till they were 15 and, and we gave it to them without uh, the group texting and the media sharing, which was the best decision, the second best mm-hmm. decision I ever made. And if y'all are interested in the gap phone and use the code strong, you get a good discount on that. But 48 months of high school without social media in your pocket and internet in your pocket. That's the best gift you can give your mm-hmm. kids. And you have just done an amazing job, not only with your own family and your, your kids and your decision, Christina, I just want to commend you for that, but you've just done a fabulous job of sharing your story and just helping so many other families that are headed down this dead end path. So thank you so much today. And, and thank you for allowing me to, to share my story and uh, these conversations that we've had. Um, they, I value them tremendously. And I hope that if somebody else is out there on the fence or wondering and, you know, afraid to maybe even talk or have a conversation, I, if they had a me too moment, um, I hope that's, that's hopeful as well. And that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And this is something so within your realm that you can do and you can take care of um, not only for yourself, for your kids, but your, your entire family. And to me, that's, that's absolutely priceless. And I'm sure all of your listeners that are here on screen strong, their kids and their safety and security and health and well being. That's what's most important. That's why they're even starting to have these conversations and look into it. They can do it. This is totally accessible. So, but thank you again so much. Well, thank you for being a part of our Screen Strong community and for sharing. We will definitely be in touch and we will continue to be lifelong friends, Christina. Uh, isn't that fun to know that we have our our group and our people and our like-minded families that we get to hang out with. And, um, and so I'm just so excited to know you and thank you so much again for everything today. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. I hope you've been encouraged by Christina's story and even motivated to make those steps, those small steps at first that will become big results later of being a screen strong family. And we would love to see y'all over on the screen strong 
Connect, which is our online forum for families. It's not Facebook. It's not social media. Yay. So it's not going to be as addictive. Um, We are not using persuasive design over there. We're just there to give you facts and to help you connect with each other. And it's super easy to join by going to ScreenStrong.org. And there are courses are there as well. Our um, courses and lots of information. If you haven't been over there, we have the Connect, which is the free platform and the Connect Plus, which has a ton of content and conferences and workshops and interviews and webinars. So that's where you'll get a lot of information. Please subscribe to this podcast too and share this with your friends. This is one of the best ways to help your own tribe and your own village, wherever you are, um, to help them get encouraged. And this year, I would um, absolutely recommend getting the parent course, the screens, the, the Screen Strong Families um, Kids Brains and Screens parent course, and actually use it like a book club in your home. So you can prepare that and invite people over, maybe five or six friends, and go through like an eight-week book club type course event with them in your home. That works really well. If you would like more information on being a ScreenStrong ambassador this year, we'd love to have you on our team. And all you have to do is just love our message and want to go out to your community. We give you the slide deck. We give you the materials to do that. We have over 100 right now of ambassadors, and we would love to have one in your community. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you remove all the screen conflicts from your home. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd and stay strong.